Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Glad you're here. Today, we're talking about purpose, and I want to tell you, this church has unique purpose as well, and you've probably heard us say it, that we think in this season, God has designed us as a church to focus on not just our own generation, but the next one. And if you were around uh, any of our social media this week, you've seen that we had something we call back to school bash for our middle schoolers and high schoolers on Wednesday, and I want to give you a little like If this was like a quarterly earnings report for the kingdom of God, let me give you what God did this week. We had, and hold your applause, I'm going to give you four thoughts, and we're going to celebrate like crazy for what God's doing. We had 1,568 students show up across our campuses, 196 first-time salvations, 198 rededications, and 148 first-time guests of students who've never been to our church before. Can we celebrate what God's doing in the next generation? Come on now. Praise God. May, May that never get old to us. 196 students surrender their life to Jesus. Come on now. So when we talk about things like the next-gen offering, it's not like pie-in-the-sky things. Like, this is what we're, we're about. We're pouring into our K-12 and M-12 and H-12 and C-12 and whatever other letters 12. Like, that we, you see the pattern. Like, we, we want to pour into the next generation. And, and I was talking to a friend this week about the next-gen offering, and he's like, I've thought about this. There are starting line people and finish line people. There are people who need to know, when does this thing start? I'm jumping in. And there's people that need to know, like, when does this thing end? Because I tend to wait towards you say, like, the deadline's tomorrow. I jump in. So here's what I want you to know. This is the last week to give to the Next Gen Offering. And so if you want to be a part of funding what God's called us to do with our unique purpose in the next generation, text uh, Next Gen to 377 Four, eight, and jump in this week on the vision God's given us. And there's going to be story after story after story of what God did this week. It's literally so soon. We don't have specific stories yet, but I can't wait to share them. But we have dozens of stories where a student was invited to camp by a friend, and then they came to camp this summer, and they accepted Christ. Then they go back to school or on their teams, and they invited a friend to come with them to back to school bash. And those students accepted Christ this week. Like you see the waterfall cascade of when God changes a life, what happens with that? And our students are inviting. And now listen to me. The rest of us, is our turn. Because in September, we're starting our 12 Stone Tailgate series, and we're going to be speaking to everybody. But God sort of asked us in this season to speak directly to dads in that series, but it's for everybody, but it's to dads. And so therefore, we're going to have things like meat outside every weekend. Praise Jesus. Anyone, anyone just like eating meat? Can we be honest? Thank you, God, for animals. They're beautiful and they're delicious. And so we're going to have, we're going to have that. We're going to have games, competition. It's going to be a blast. But I want to encourage you as a church. Would you invite somebody? Would you like in the same way that, that we saw a student get invited to camp and they accepted Christ and then they couldn't shut up and they had to invite their friends and their friends. Like God wants to do this. This isn't a student thing. It's an all of us thing. So let me give you, let me give you a thought. I've done this long enough that I don't think people are going to show up with a drive-by invite. 
Like, think about the, the, the junk mail you get in your mailbox every week. How often do you just get it and go, oh, I'm going to call that company that says they do. Like, you don't do that. You, you, you listen to people you're in relationship with. So I've done this long enough. If, in my experience, people are not going to come with you unless one of three things happen. Listen to me. Either one, they ride with you to church. Like, it's not, hey, come to my church and you run. You say, I'm going to the 11 o'clock at this campus, the 9 o'clock or the 1 o'clock, and, and I'm going to pick you up. So either they ride with you or you wait outside for them and then sit with them in church. No one likes to show up to something new and be alone sitting in the back. You say, listen, I'll be waiting at this thing at my campus or I'll be waiting for you at my 12-stone home. Like, I'll be right here and then sit with them. Don't make them sit there and be like the wallflower in the back terrified. So either they ride with you, they sit with you, or you pre-plan to have a meal after church together. Like, hey, we're going to go to church. And then we're going over to this restaurant and we're going to eat and ask for forgiveness later, right? Like one of those three things needs to be in play. This is not a tape a rock to the invite and throw it in the driveway. This is invest and invite and then ride with me, sit with me or eat with me. All right. I, you're saying, why are you going into so much detail? Because we have lost the art and the, and the burden of inviting. We've lost the art and the burden. And we sit in campuses and we love what God's doing in our life, and we worship together, and then we leave, and we lost the art and the burden of saying, listen, there are people that God has put near to me, but they are far from him. And today we're talking about purpose, and inviting people, bringing people is a huge part of our purpose. Amen? That's a huge part of our purpose. So today, we jump in, and I want to start where we've started the last two weeks. We believe that everybody can. Here's what Romans says in Romans 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Why do we invite? Because we believe that. Anybody can find Jesus. They bow their life, change everything. So here's how we say it here. We believe that everybody can know God and everybody can find freedom and everybody can discover purpose and everybody can make a difference. And today we talk about discover purpose. And I want to get into it with a story. And I don't know exactly how this played out, but I think I'm pretty close. So probably about five years ago, there's a married couple that are in their house. The house is about 15 years old. And they look at the master bathroom and they go, this bathroom's a little bit old. We need to refresh it, do a little renovation. Anyone ever done a bathroom renovation here across the campus? Just curious. All right, it's pretty intricate. You get into it. There's plumbing involved, all kinds of stuff involved. But they're like, listen, we're going to redo the bathroom. And so here's my guess. The husband said to his wife, just go to Home Depot and get this stuff and I'll call the guys and we'll get it rolling. So I picture the wife going to Home Depot and saying, hey, I need tile. And the, and the Home Depot guy goes, tile is on aisle whatever, 38. She walks there. She finds this tile that she loves. Give me this much tile. She brings it home. They install the tile and it is like beautiful. And they go, we did it. This bathroom is refreshed and renewed and I love it. And then five years later, that couple sold their house to Amber and I. And that is now the master bathroom that we're living in. And it's beautiful. Beautiful. You can already smell something's coming because it is. <laughs> and so two weeks ago, I had uh, some friends of mine that are contractors come over and our tubs got a little leak thing going on. So we just come take a look at the bathroom and they both these two contractors walk into my bathroom and immediately they both go, you see it? And he goes, yeah, I see it. You see it? And I'm like, what are we, what are we seeing? <laughs> and they're like, uh, 
Well, you, you see that, right? I'm like, listen, I know it too. I know what it is, but let's, let's all say it together on three. One, two, th- what is it? I don't, and he goes, dude, you have kitchen backsplash tile installed in your shower. And I said, cool, it's beautiful, isn't it? And he goes, no, you don't, you don't understand. There, there's specific tile that you use in a kitchen. Let me give you an example. Like, this is what a kitchen backsplash tile looks like. It's beautiful. But this tile is meant to be decorative, not waterproof. And he said, behind that tile, as beautiful as it looks, that, that drywall is covered in mold. And he goes, watch. He pushes the wall, and I go, that's not supposed to do that, is it? And he goes, no, it's not. And he said, that tile is soft because it's not meant for that. Like, this is a shower tile. You see how it's glossy? And you could have water sit on that for a year and it wouldn't leak through. See how this is porous and that that water gets through it? This is what's in my shower. This is what's supposed to be in my shower. So here's the bad news. He said, guess what? You get a new bathroom renovation. Bad news is you have to pay for it. So we are going to be in the middle of a bathroom renovation coming up soon. Thank you very much. We'll be making our own trip to Home Depot. Here's, Here's the point, though. If, if when they walked into Home Depot, the Home Depot guy said, hey, quick thing, uh, tile is on aisle 38, but what are you using the tile for? What's the purpose of the tile? He could have saved that couple and really me a ton of heartache. Because here's, here's the point. When you misunderstand purpose, you misallocate time, energy, and resources. When you don't understand purpose, you can be slinging kitchen backsplash back splash, tile all over the place, and you get done and go, I did it. And five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, you realize you got mold and mildew and mess all over your life. Listen, this tile has a different purpose from this tile. This hung in a kitchen is beautiful. This hung in a shower is beautiful. Mix them up, you got a mess. And this conversation about purpose is massive because I don't think we understand purpose anymore. Let me, let me illustrate. I'm just curious. By show of hands here across campuses, Charleston Home, how many of you would look at your life and say, I feel like my life is pretty busy? Hands up. Your life's busy. You're running between taxi cabs to all your kids' sports five, six nights a week. You're a college student. You're studying all the time, and you're working a part-time job. Young in your career, you're working hard. You're climbing up the ranks. Empty nester, you thought once the kids left, things would slow down. How's that going for you? We're busy. Listen, you, you go to bed at night, and you go, man, I worked hard enough to pay the bills this month, and I'll do it again next month. Like We're busy. We're busier than we've ever been. We're slinging tile all over our life, all that our calendars are full. I don't want you to raise hands on this one, but I want you to wrestle with this question. In your busyness, do you consistently feel like you're fulfilled and purposeful? Don't raise your hands. Because here's what I believe. Is your life busy? All the hands go up. In your busyness, do you feel fulfilled and meaningful and purposeful? there would be a lot less hands that go up. There's a gap. And I'm today, I'm talking about the gap because we just learned you can have a full calendar and not feel fulfillment. You can throw tiles up and wake up and go, I'm not actually doing the purpose the tile has. And you can misallocate your time, your energy, 
your resources. You can be winning at things that don't matter. You can be losing at things that absolutely matter. And it's possible that our busy yet unfulfilling lives are a result that we don't understand purpose. We're busy all the time. And we don't know what we should be doing and shouldn't be doing. And we don't even know what to compare it to. And so we end up doing everything all the time because we have this subtle anxiety of if I stop doing that, that might be important. If I don't do this with my kids or put them in this thing, I might mess them up for the rest of their life. So we just do everything all the time. And listen, we live in a culture that is a what, not a why culture. Think about this. We live in a do culture, not a stop and think culture. We just stay busy and we never even reevaluate. When's the last time we asked not what you're doing, but why are you doing it? See, my wife and I, we have a pattern where every morning I'll wake up. All right, babe, what do we got in the calendar for the day or for the week? And she'll walk me through. We got this. And then tonight, Lizzie's got this practice and Luke's got football. And then we got this thing on this night. And we walk through the what's. And I go, great. I love you. I'll see you. And I go to work. You know what we don't ask a lot? Hey, babe, why are we doing all the things that we're doing? When's the last time you asked why? See, I, I think we're at risk of just doing and doing and doing. And if you took an audit of your life and just pushed pause and didn't do anything for two hours, just looked at your life and said, what are my life and my activities and my priorities and my values and my time and my calendar and my budget? What is this all about? I think we'd have answers of what all over the place with very few whys. Because I don't think we understand purpose. So here's my premise. A fulfilling life comes from fulfilling your purpose. This is my premise. A fulfilling life does not just come from aimless busyness. It comes from fulfilling your purpose. Here's just a few verses that God speaks into us. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a purpose for your life. You're not random. You're not an accident. You didn't just get thrown into this world and born into the family you were born into. And God's like, oh man, I missed that one. Sorry, Bill. Like I, you were a surprise. Good luck. You have a purpose. Something that God put in front of you to live out and to accomplish with your life. And here's, I want you to see how purpose was supposed to play out. Romans 15, Paul's talking about his purpose. Here's what it says. I think we'll put this on the screen as well. Romans 15, he says this. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. Here's verse 21. It's not up there. I like this part. He says for it is written that those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. That is Paul's calling and purpose in life. His, his unique purpose. This is what Paul was about. He's like, listen, there are people that did different things. Like, like Peter stayed back in Jerusalem and built the church there. Timothy was a shepherd to growing churches all over. Paul was traveling to unreached people all over the place. Not right, not wrong, but his purpose. And then this is what happens when Paul's writing to the church at Rome. Multiple times he says, church at Rome, I want to see you. I want to be with you. I want to come visit. I want to do this. And then this is his reason why he hasn't. He says, this, my purpose, is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. 
You see this? He laid out, this is my purpose. And my purpose is the reason why I can't come visit you. Let me say it even more clearly. Paul aligned his priorities with his purpose. It's not enough to just know your purpose. His purpose was the filter by which he decided everything. His calendar, his travel schedule, the way he spends his time, his energy, his resources, where he hangs the tile in his life was determined by his purpose. And I want the same level of clarity for you. My aim is that you leave here with a new filter that can clarify how you allocate your resources, your time, your energy. So here's how I want to break it down two ways. I want to break it down. Same conversation, connected, but but different. We all have a universal purpose, which is our why. And we also have your your unique design. So universal purpose and your unique design, which is your how. So I want you to have clarity on all of our purpose for existing. And then I want you to know how to get clarity on your unique design, how God wired you so that you can live with a clarity of purpose that lets you live like Paul did. That's why I'm not doing this. That's why I am doing this. That's why I care about that and don't care about that. Because my purpose is, my priorities are aligned to my purpose. So let's start. Romans 12. Here's an overarching thought of why we exist. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is a 30,000 foot view of purpose. We exist to wake up and say, God, I am yours. Use me as you will. This is my act of worship. Listen, worship's not just the songs we sing. It's how we live. In fact, I want to give you my working definition from hundreds of verses I sat in this week. Here's how I will define our universal purpose. Snap a picture if you'd like or write it down. Our universal purpose is to bring glory to God through how we live, serve, and point others to Jesus. Listen, this is why you're here. To bring glory to your creator, God, through how you live, even in traffic, even when you're angry, how you live, how you serve people, and ultimately how you point them back to Jesus, the one that saved you. That's why we exist. It's actually a, like the foundation of our daymaker calling here. Like when you see smiley face shirts and daymakers, daymakers is not just like a, a really cool smiley face and cool merch and branding. It's our purpose. Here's how Matthew says it. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 1 Peter 4. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others so that ultimately in all things God may be praised. This is why we exist. Do you want to know how do I start understanding purpose? You start here. Our universal purpose is to bring glory to God through how we live, serve others, and point them to Jesus. So I want to to apply it. What is the purpose for your family? We all have the same purpose. That through the way you do family, you would give honor and glory to God. By the way that you live, do life, the way that you serve each other, and ultimately how you point each other to Jesus. 
That is the purpose of family. Which means this. You can be winning at everything like my kids get all A's, starter on the football team, head cheerleader. All those things are good, but they're not purpose things. You can win at all that and miss your purpose as a family. What's the purpose of your marriage? That the way that you love and sacrifice for each other and care for each other and put each other first would give glory to God through how you live, how you serve, and how you point each other to be more like Jesus. Your marriage is not supposed to make you happy, although I hope it does. It's supposed to make you holy. Like that's the purpose of marriage. Not just to enjoy life together, although I hope you do. What's the ultimate purpose of your career? It's not just to get a paycheck. It's to live in such a way that you bring the kingdom of God into your job or your business or your company, that people will be pointed to Jesus based on how you do career and business. What's the purpose of education? It's not just to get through it. It's to train something in your life that helps you live out the purpose that we all have, to give glory to God for the way you live and serve and point people to Jesus. That's why we're still here. That's why Jesus hasn't come back again. Because he's allowing us to live out our purpose. That's why he's not just blown the whistle at the end of the game. Because we still have things in front of us. What's the purpose of your money and your time? To give glory to God for the way that you live and spend it. The way that you serve people with it. And the way that you point people to Jesus with your time and your money. This is why we exist. So when you look at your family and your marriage and your career, your education, your money and your calendar. Do what Paul did. Align your priorities to your purpose. I'm ringing the bell because I am so prone to wander in this. I can preach a really good game and then get into life and just do things because everyone else does those things. They're not even sinful things, they're just stuff. This sling tile around my, my house. All right, let's go. Sling and tile. Why? I don't know. It's supposed to. See, this, this whole teaching originated from a conversation Amber and I had 10 days ago. So Luke, my oldest, is playing football for the school. My wife's terrified. I'm so stoked. Awesome. So that's a busy deal. And then Lizzie is playing volleyball, and she can serve the lights out. She is awesome. And then I get home about 10 days ago. My wife goes, hey, I just signed Lincoln up for, for baseball. So we're going to do that. And I went, what? Like we, we already got all the stuff. Like we're full. Like the, the, the tank's full. Let the gas pump go. We're, we don't have anywhere else to put it. I said, why are, we, why are we doing baseball? She's like, well, Lincoln needs to have a thing, right? I'm like, I guess. All right, let's open the calendar. And we started looking. And our life for the next three months was literally going to be Six days a week, never watching anyone play a sport, only dropping off and picking up kids doing sports. Literally, I would not have 10 minutes to sit and go, good job serving, Lizzie. Good tackle, Luke. Good hit, Lincoln. I wouldn't see it. We'd be doing. And I asked a question, and Amber and I chewed this up, like, why does Lincoln need to do baseball right now? Why? We started talking with my like, friends and like, Get him something where he learns to get good at something. And we started chewing this up and going, he already has great friends. 
He's connected at the church, got friends here, got friends at school. Man, he's already got this thing and this thing and this thing where he knows how to improve and work and get good and train something which is valuable. Like, what does, what does our purpose as a parent in this season for Lincoln actually require of us? You know what we decided? It wasn't baseball. And some of you, it's like I'm saying a cuss word right now. We pulled Lincoln out of baseball. Hear me. We made a trade. We got two nights of our week back for family dinner as our whole family, all five of us. Equally, on Wednesdays when we drop our older two off at M12, H12 at our campus, I take Lincoln to the driving range for 90 minutes of uninterrupted time, me and Lincoln, every Wednesday. His dumb older brother and sister aren't around. It's just dad and I. That's his heart. <laughs> and I'll be honest, thus far, it's been a sweaty mess. It's so hot. But we spend 90 minutes on the driving range every Wednesday. I'm not going to tell you which one because I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to Lincoln on Wednesdays. <laughs> and we pulled him out of sports. Not forever. But for right now, why? Because I looked at my purpose as a dad, and I said, if this is my purpose for Lincoln, my priorities have to align to it. And so we made shifts in our calendar, and we made shifts in our spending, and we made shifts in our family structure in order to align to the priorities of our purpose as parents. And this, listen, this is not an anti-sports conversation. It's a pro-purpose conversation. And I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying I'm so grateful that we stopped and asked why. Because otherwise, we would have just done the same thing we always do, assuming this is what you're supposed to do without pausing and saying, why though? In fact, I want to give parents permission And I hope it feels as freeing to you as this conversation did for our family. So I'm telling you, the breath we have right now, without the third, oh my goodness. Parents, here's permission. Let me do, your pastor talking to you. You don't have to have your kids in an activity every season of the year. They don't have to do travel ball all year, every month, every season. They don't have to do that club, that sport, that dance, that recital, that thing, that other thing. They don't have to do it. In fact, you might be so busy doing this stuff. If you had an honest look at your life, you're not living out your purpose as a parent. You're just being busy as a parent. And there's people in here that have lived with the tile they hung and their kids and their parenting long enough that they would be the first to stand up and go, uh, yeah, trust me. Listen to this. Have the why conversation. Why do you have to do this sport right now? And it might be right. It might be wrong. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you to ask why. If your purpose as a parent is to glorify God, which in my opinion as a dad, my job is to represent the nature and character of God to my kids, until they get to an age where they can know their heavenly father and I slide out of that seat and let God sit in it and go, I hope I pointed you to him. If that's, if that's my call as a dad, then I, I can't accomplish that purpose as a taxi driver. I just can't. 
And so I know that I need uninterrupted, detailed, in the weeds, heart connect time with each of my kids. So I have to align my priorities to my purpose. Because if you don't, you'll wake up and you'll realize you hung the wrong tile in the wrong places with the wrong time in the spots on the calendar. And now you look around and go, why is my kid like this? Why is our relationship like this? Why don't they love Jesus like I hoped they would? Heavy. You know, my prayer this week, I, I pray in pictures sometimes, like I think and pray for a picture. I pray that tonight there are thousands of families that sit down at the kitchen table and ask why for the first time in a long time. Like, get your calendar out. Get your budget out. Like, not what. You can see what you're doing. Why? How does this accomplish the purpose I was created for? If it doesn't, put it on the chopping block. You don't have to cut it yet, but set it over here. If it does accomplish the purpose, set it over here. That's good. And then start to align your life to the priorities of your purpose. Same with your work-life balance. Should you work 60 hours a week? Probably not, but there's seasons where I would say yes, by the way. Because you have a purpose to build a company. you got to do the early time. But eventually, I, I pray that the Spirit of God would give you a fresh clarity of why. Not just what. Why? And if your answer is, that's what everyone does, I'm just going to say, please pause. Because if you do what everyone does, you get the results everyone else gets. And I'm telling you, a lot of times, that's not the results you want. So that's the first one. Now, unique design. You have a universal purpose, and now we have your unique design reveals how you live out your purpose. This is where things get different for us, okay? All of us have the same purpose, but your design tells you how to do it. And I define your unique design this way. Your spiritual gifts, your personal wiring, and your passion. And God put different combinations of those in all of us. Like some of y'all have this gift with this personality and wiring with this passion. And the way they go together informs how you accomplish your purpose. Okay, does that make sense? So here's how Romans 12 says it. For just as each of us has one body with many parts, like you're one body and I've got fingers and hands and a spleen and some of us have appendixes, some of us don't, but you got parts. And these members do not all have the same function. My heart does one thing, my lungs do another, my arm does one thing, my foot does that. You get it. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. By the way, that's the church. Like, look around your campus, look around your 12-stone home. Look at them and be like, you're the big toe. I don't know. Like, tell them, like, you're part of the body. We're all one body with different parts. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. See, God's, God's designed the church in such a way that each of us have the same purpose, but a unique design, and your design informs how you live out your purpose. And when you begin to understand what God's put in you, see, when you become a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up residency and he gives you spiritual gifts, leadership and administration and serving and helps and giving generosity and all these different gifts God puts in you. And here's what's sad. Recent polls tell us that only 13% of believers, followers of Jesus, know what their unique design is. 13%. 
which by the way is why we have growth track. So in this whole section, I want you to be thinking growth track. I'll tell you what that is. Because we, one of my biggest callings as your pastor is to make sure you know how God wired you, how God gifted you, how God wants to use you. Because you don't get fulfillment when life is all about you. You can do that and have fun for a week. That's called vacation. Vacation's a week all about me. It's fun, but eventually, I need something more than fun. I need something fulfilling. And my job is to help unlock that. So growth track, here's what it teaches you. How to align your serving to your design. So if you align your priorities to your purpose, you align your serving to how God designs you. Let me, let me give you an illustration. These are tools. Okay? Oh, it's charged. That would be so sad if it's not. Guys, have you ever picked up a drill and before using it, have you ever not just done the, the one quick squeeze? Anyway, that's me. So these are tools. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're a tool. No, don't. That's the, I, didn't, I didn't come out right. For some of you, appropriate. Anyway, these are two different tools with two different purposes. And you can look at them and kind of understand this is designed for one thing. This is designed for another. You don't want to hammer a nail in with a screw gun. You can, but you have to buy a new screw gun and your wall is going to be damaged. You don't want to try to screw a screw in with a hammer. It won't work. But you unleash this guy at a nail and you unleash this guy at a screw. And tell me you don't see things happen. I'm about to see lots of this in my master bathroom in the next couple of months. See, here's my point. You can look at the design of something and start to put together why it was designed that way. Like the back of the hammer has this claw that you look at and go, that makes so much sense. I can pop nails out. It makes a ton of sense. And then this side's got a flat face that's made out of steel so that when I hit that nail, it'll drive the nail. And this long handle lets me get some torque on it where I can drive that nail in versus if it was short, take me forever. Like you just look at the design and go, this makes sense. This was created on purpose for a purpose. It was designed to accomplish something specific, just like backsplash tile was designed to accomplish something specific. And if you use it incorrectly, you end up costing lots of money and time. It has a design and a purpose to it. So do you. And we created growth track to help you figure out how God designed you, your spiritual gifts and your purpose and your personality. In fact, I want to have fun because I think design reveals how you're supposed to be used. So I want to show you some really weird looking tools and you tell me what you think they do. Anyone know what this is? That slides. It's got like this Lego man hand looking thing on the bottom. It's got this. Anyone know what it is? All right, put it up there. Here's what it is. This is a four-in-one water meter key. Wait till you see how specific. This end is designed to go in the lid. Go ahead and put the picture up. To go in the lid of your water meter outside and pop the lid off. And then this is designed to get in there and pop this. And then this is designed to actually grab the, the, the main water line to your house and turn it off and on. And you go, that's, that's, what do you need that for? When you have a leak, you're going to thank God you have this. And if you ever tried to turn a water key barehanded, ain't going to happen. This tool, as weird as it looks, has a design that is perfectly suited to accomplish the purpose it has. Second one, this guy. This is not a medieval weapon, by the way. Although, you could do something with that. Put this by your bed at night. Anyone know what this guy is? 
Someone's got it over here. All right, put it up there. This is actually a conduit bender. Show the picture. Here's what it's designed to do. You get that metal conduit in your house, all the conduits, and you bend this guy back, and you can shape the pipes that run through your house around corners. And you look at it and go, this is like the dumbest looking hammer ever. And then you go, oh, the design reveals how it's supposed to be used. Last one, ladies, I need you silent. Ladies, quiet. Guys, what is this thing? Ladies, da, 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 da. we know you know. Stop. Guys, what is this? Any, I want to hear a baritone bass voice. I don't know what this is. Flywheel? No, it's not a. F this is an eyelash bend, uh, curler, not bender. Eyelash curler. It has a curve that fits around your eyeball so you don't gouge yourself. And you squeeze it. And I guess like that. Is that what you do? See, when you, when you look at it, you go, it looks so dumb. And then you go, oh, the design reveals its purpose, how it is to be used. And here, here's, here's the thing. You can look in the mirror and be like, I'm this thing. Like, the way I think, I got a weird sense of humor. The way I approach problems, the way I see the world, I have this, like, passion and care about one-eyed seals from Antarctica, no one else does, but I do. I'm weird. And I'm going to say, you're not weird. You're wired for purpose. You're not odd. Your Father in heaven put that in you. And as weird as this looks, it sits on your shelf. You got things weird until you have a water leak and you thank God you got one of these sitting on the shelf. Listen to me, church. Your design is not odd or weird or out there. You are uniquely designed to be used on purpose and for a purpose, and you'll never understand the full picture of following Jesus until you discover not just that you were made for God, but you were made for a purpose. And that the whole know God, find freedom, discover a purpose, make a difference. You, you, you might not have caught it yet. They build on each other. See, when you find freedom, you actually know God better. And when you, you discover your purpose, you actually remain more free. You're not caught up in all the, the sinful junk. You have a purpose, so you, you stay the course. And then when you find freedom, you, you know God better. When you make a difference, which is what we're talking about next week, you actually know your purpose even more clearly, and you stay in a free life. And then you know, God, like these things build on each other, and discovering your purpose is the key that can unlock. When I explained to you what this does, your response was, oh, makes so much sense now. When you end growth track, my prayer for you is that you end and go, oh, that's why that's in there. That's why this thing works that way. That's why I'm good at this. And everyone's like, that's lame. You like to do numbers and details. Lame. I'm glad we have a CFO here. Are you, you know what I'm saying? It's on purpose for a purpose. Your purpose can unlock the things in life, and you might, you might sit inside of the faith and the journey with Jesus and go, all I do is I prayed the prayer, follow Jesus now, now I wait around to die and go to heaven. No, 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 no. Purpose here now and unique to your life, and fulfillment does not come from sitting, it comes from serving. You don't unlock your purpose by just knowing it, you've got to activate it. See, here's let me, do, let me illustrate. So in our neighborhood, one house up, there's a lady named Miss, Miss Joyce. You can picture her. She is probably in her 70s, lost her husband last year. She's a widow. 
and she has a house and she's trying to stay in it and take care of it. And so she'll call Luke, my oldest son, and be like, Luke, can you come up and you know, climb a ladder and clean some gutters, change a light bulb after a storm, pick up branches, that kind of stuff. And so one Saturday, Luke wakes up. And if you have a, if you have a teenage kid, you know, sometimes they just wake up mad. You notice that? <laughs> like you slept in a bed and there's bacon. How, what? And he came downstairs and just one of those days where he's like, oh, come on, bro. Anyone? Someone just flinched like that. Wait. And he just was like in the mood, like in a funk, you know, like attitude and complaining and problems and I'm bored. And then Miss Joyce called him and said, hey, Luke, you mind coming up and helping? He said, all right. Gets changed in his work clothes and he's gone for like three hours. Comes back filthy and sweaty, but he came back with a smile on his face. Pep in his step, like he was transformed. He's a different kid. I'm like, what did she give? Like, did she give you something you shouldn't have drank out there? Like, you're so happy, would you? Like, he came back a different person. Let me tell you why. Because he got a taste of purpose. He left with all the problems and all the complaints and all the boredom and all the, and he came back and you know what he did when he walked in the house? Hey dad, uh, uh, noticed I did some stuff for her. I'm going to change some light bulbs here for you. And, uh, you know that thing you mean to get to? I'm going to take care of it. I'm like, dude, we're going to have to man up here because I'm the man of the house. But he, he stepped in and he started solving stuff. And he, he smiled. Here's what he discovered. He, he discovered a purpose bigger than his problems. Can I tell you something? I've done this long enough to see a pattern. If your life feels like you're playing whack-a-mole with problems, that you wake up in the morning like Luke does. <sighs> Come on, bro. This is my life. Come on. What you think you need is less problems. And I'm telling you what you need is a bigger purpose. Because when Luke got up in the ladder and was doing something that made a difference for somebody else, it rewired his soul. He's like, this is why I'm here. Not to sit around the kitchen and complain. I'm here to do something. I have a purpose. And it transformed him. And my primary role as a pastor is not to solve or fix your problems. My role as a pastor is to help you discover a purpose that is bigger than your problems. And your problems will not go away. Suddenly when you discover your purpose, it's not like a miracle and my life's perfect. No, they're still there. They're just right-sized in light of what you're giving your life to. That's what we really need. So before the pastors step up, I'm going to ask you two questions and get out of the way. Do you need to align your serving to your design? See, our heart here is not that we, you fill a spot. It's that you find your place to serve. And what Luke needed that day was Miss Joyce to say, clean my gutters. And what you might need is a church to say, listen, I want to help you figure out how you're designed. And we're going to hang your tile in the right spot so you don't get leaks. Don't put your kitchen tile in the shower. You have a design that fits perfectly here in this greeter team or serving as a small group leader in next gen. Let us help you do that. Text growth track. In a second, your pastors will tell you even more details how to do that. Second question, and this is the one that I pray haunts us. Do you need to align your priorities to your purpose? And if you just stop and ask why, what is my purpose? Husband, father, man, 
woman, mother, wife, worker, career, business owner, student, kid. If you'd ask why, this is my purpose, then why am I doing this and spending energy here and here? You might discover that you're winning at things that won't last and won't matter, and you're losing at the things that always matter. You might, God forbid, not have every kid in your house doing something every month of every year and reprioritize family time. Church on the weekends, student ministries on Wednesdays. You go, man, I, I know this small group thing's important, but I just don't have time for it. Well, then your, your priority is not aligned to your purpose. If you don't add your purpose to an existing calendar, you start over with your calendar and align your calendar to your purpose because that's how you find fulfillment. So pastors, will you step up and will you seal this moment and pray over us that God, would you help us align our life with our design and our purpose? Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.